This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hello, everyone. This is Amanda, and I'm here with my co-host, Rachel. And today we are speaking to Amy Rose. She is the social media and digital communications manager for the Barbershop Harmony Society, and she's a longtime avid barbershopper. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hello. I'm so great. This is so exciting to get to talk to you both. We are so excited to have you. Let's get started like we do with most of our guests on how you jumped into this crazy world of vocal music and acapella and barbershop. Sure. I was kind of a choir uber nerd all through school. Um, I was lucky enough to have wonderful, wonderful choir programs in junior high and in high school with really dynamic um, teachers who just introduced us to a lot of things. So I was, I got a lot of classical training. And then when I was in high school, my wonderful, beloved high school choir director, um, Larry Bells, introduced us one day to, hey, have you guys ever heard about Take Six? Listen to that. Oh, do you guys know about the King Singers? Why don't we listen to that? Here's some Swingle Singers for you. And we just, our minds and our little brains exploded and it was amazing. <laughs> so now I think back and like the King Singers is like the soundtrack of my high school experience <laughs> and just loved them so, so much. But I can remember even being a little kid and loving harmony. All of my favorite music, you know, my, my parents were really into the oldie station in the car. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. all of my mine. favorite songs had harmony in them. So it was like the Beatles and Old Black Water and Papa. partner songs and all of that, Mamas and the Papas and all that stuff. I just, especially that polyphony when it happened too, in different parts playing on each other. And I just, I loved that. And I always wanted, I always sang along to the harmony parts. And it was just, I just loved that. There was something really that resonated um, with me early. And so when I got into choir and singing and all that, um, I, I really just have always loved to sing and music. And when I was in high school, there was a men's barbershop quartet of the, you know, the high school guys, but there was not a women's quartet. And I am sad to say it never even occurred to me that that was a thing that we could do. <laughs> and I, that is my one complaint. And I am so furious that none of us thought to say, Hey, there are four of us. We could do that because we just didn't like so many people. We just didn't know that barbershop could be women. And so it was such a missed opportunity. And then in my senior year, I heard about a scholarship that was being offered by a women's chorus in the area who happened to be a Sweet Adeline's chorus, which I didn't know what that was. And they uh, were offering a scholarship and I was getting ready, you know, you get like $500 or something, which was a pretty good deal, but you had to go audition for it. And so I like trotted over there and I sang my very sad Russian aria and they applauded and were very sweet. And I ended up winning this scholarship from them, which was very, very cool. And that was kind of the end of that until maybe five years later through a work connection, um, someone said, Hey, I heard you sing. And I said, yeah, I do. And she says, well, have you ever heard of uh, Jet City's chorus? And I said, well, yes, they gave me a scholarship in high school. She says, well, I'm in that chorus and we're having a guest night and you should come. And I thought, oh, how precious, how sweet. <laughs> that's, oh, grandma, that's so nice. And so I went to this rehearsal and they did the whole guest night thing and they had the costume on and they did their competition set and I sat in the audience and I was like, oh, 
Yay, that's oh good for you. And then at the break, they said, hey, if any of you want to stay and hop up on the risers, you're welcome to, we'll give you music and you can come up and sing with us. Cool. And so I thought, oh, that's great. I miss being in a choir. How fun. I haven't done this for a long time. And so they handed me a book and they stood me up on the risers and they said, you know, what kind of part? And I said, oh, well, I always sang soprano. And they said, okay, we'll try tenor. And I said, oh, okay. And it was so hard and I didn't know what to do. And I loved it. <laughs> every second of it and I joined basically like right then because it was just so magical and amazing and it was like oh my gosh this is the thing this is totally the thing (laughs) (laughs) so it was great it was and it's you know so so I've been um barbershopping gosh for almost it's over 20 years now Wow! in a variety of ways. And it's really like, like every single barbershopper I know would say, it's really seen me through a lot of life things. And it's really been kind of a constant in some parts of my life when I was going through challenges or whatever, where sometimes chorus rehearsal was the only thing that wasn't different. And so life was kind of chaotic, but I was going to go to rehearsal and it was Monday night and I knew it was going to happen and we're going to sing the things and I can just like not worry about anything. And it was, it was really, it was really, really great. So I feel lucky to have found it, but I also don't really feel like it was luck either. Right. Yeah. And so how did you transition from that to your role in BHS? Cause that seems like a bit of a jump. A little bit. Yeah. So, um, through my involvement with Sweet Adelines, I got to know people like in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest barbershop scene. It's a really tight knit group out there. And the men's organization, the women's organizations really did a lot of stuff together. In the Northwest, it's only Sweet Adelines and um, BHS. There's no Harmony Inc. presence in in the Northwest at all. And so those were kind of the two options. And they they happen in that area, part of the world, they really do a lot of things together. And so you really get to know everybody. And so I knew a lot of went to men's chorus shows and went to all the things. So I just started to go to all the things, which was really fun. And so I barbershop has brought me a lot of wonderful things. It's gotten me jobs, it's connected me with lifelong friends. And it's how I met my husband. So so success, I guess. This is a very common I mean, poster story. girl, any, right? Yeah. For I know. anybody that it, needs friends and jobs. I mean, it sounds like better than a lot of online dating sites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, he was, I think, just about the only barbershopper I seriously went out with. So, and I think he would say the same about me. So we tried to get it in one, which was, which was good. Um, too much drama otherwise, right? <laughs> um, but the cool thing was that um, because of his involvement in... Um, participating in and then later directing a men's chorus. When I was not doing a lot of my own singing, I was able to be involved really heavily with the chorus he directed in Seattle, Northwest Sound. And I really got to, I I was their in-house coach and did a lot of performance stuff with them. So for a long time, through the chorus and through his quartets, even though I was kind of in and out of doing my own quartet or chorus or whatever, I felt very I still felt very connected to barbershop through the men's organization which it was then at the time. And so I kind of think of BHS really is the organization of my heart and if I could have joined then I would have because that's really where I felt the most at home and really felt felt the most joy not because 
and they're very different organizations and it's a wildly different experience to be um, in each. But that's just the thing that kind of resonated with me the most. And it was a thing that we could do together. And so when um, Donnie got the opportunity to work for BHS, we moved out to Nashville from Seattle. And the, the idea and the whole entire plan was that he would work for the Barbershop Harmony Society as the director of education, music education. And I was so excited and we're going to just be there and it'll be great. And that would not involve me in any way. And um, then it just happened that the very, very awesome Becca Grimmer um, was on staff then, um, no, famous for Don't Call Me Shirley Quartet, and Becca's the best. <laughs> that is one of my favorite quartets of oh, all time. <laughs> they're just, they're evil geniuses. I love it so much. It's awesome. They're so brave. They'll just do anything. It's awesome. She was on staff at the time and was, ha- and they were having their first baby. And so I came on staff to kind of fill in for her maternity leave and basically found enough to do so that I seemed indispensable and kind of refused to leave (laughs) after that. (laughs) I love it. Well done. Well done. But it was so fun because I could step in because I had a lot of barbershop knowledge of the men's organization. And so I knew the players and I knew the quartets because I'm way more obsessive about it than Donnie even is. For a long time, he would say, you're a better BHS member than I am. And I'm not, and you're not even a member, you know, because I love all that stuff. I want to see every quartet at International and I want to like go to all the things and go to the Afterglow and sing tags and all that. So I had a lot of useless knowledge in my brain about all this stuff. And all of a sudden that became really useful and practical and something that I could actually utilize in a job, which was amazing. So I just, I I truly cannot believe that it worked out this way that I got to really lean into that and join the team. It's it's really like playing, you know, being a little league baseball player and like the Major League Baseball calls you and said, come work for us. (laughs) It's just crazy. (laughs) So I feel very, very, very honored to be a part of helping people experience barbershop and who love it as much as I do. It's, it's really, um, I take it very seriously and I get really passionate about it, but it's, (laughs) I feel so lucky. So whenever people, I mean, previously, whenever people heard the word social media in the job title, they're like, oh, good, you play on Facebook all day. But now it's social media is starting to and now for the foreseeable future is going to play a huge role in how we continue to sing and connect with each other. Can we talk a little bit about what your role is and and especially how it's going to to evolve now that we're all distanced from each other. Yeah. So usually the the first thing people say when they hear what my job is, they say, oh, how fun. And <laughs> and the second thing they say is, oh, I'd love to just read Facebook all day. And, and to those people, I would lovingly say, um, imagine spending a lot of your workday reading Facebook and really living in there. It's not great. <laughs> it's not posting cat videos all day. <laughs> it's not. It's not. So I I don't come from a marketing background, but I have I when I took the job, I had a lot of experience and I liked using social and I was a pretty active social media user. So so you combine the, you know, hours of useless data plus an interest in social media plus kind of some barbershop knowledge. So 
so when you kind of bring in together all these disparate um, skill sets and kind of say, okay, now go be on social media, it's pretty exciting. And I came on at a time where we had a good social media presence and it didn't matter as much then. So I've been able to join the staff and learn along as the importance and the value of it and the impact of it has grown. And we've seen it change quite a bit. I mean, when I started, I think we had maybe 700 Instagram followers and now we're several thousand, you know, we're at, we just hit, I think last week, 33,000 followers on Facebook, which is amazing and so exciting. So, and it's, and it's really changed even since I've been on staff and the tone of social media has changed since I've been on staff too. You can pretty much pick a date in history when everyone got mad (laughs) (laughs) online and, um, and things really, really changed. So at the beginning, I think my job was to help us figure out how to do it and how to moderate and how much and how, how much should we be involved in online conversations and when should we just not and what was that balance and what what were we contributing and how did that work so i think right now the state of um bhs social media is in uh, is in a great balanced place where we see our role as not operating every conversation but providing space for people to talk about things that they care about injecting in new content and just keeping barbershop top of mind not just for our members and our barbershop community but for the outside community so we you know i try to keep the channel a mix of super inside and things that are more general we found that our members love education things even when they don't they're not about barbershop education you know our biggest shares are often about the importance of singing in schools which is so cool that that still is so so powerful with with our people so you know and I've made wonderful terrible mistakes and decisions on our social page and I've learned so much and it's been um a, it's been a good experience, but it is, I, I will say it has been a challenge to navigate that world because barbershoppers are so passionate and they care so, so, so much. Yes. About every little thing. <laughs> they care about every little thing, every little detail. <laughs> they do. And so sometimes it feels like they're caring at you really hard <laughs> and, you know, And so there are definitely times when I think, you guys, I I love this too. Like, I I love the things that you love. And so there's, you know, BHS social media as a job. And then there's like me, Amy, who loves barbershop. And I've had to really kind of separate those things out um, and make sure that I that I remember that those are two different things. So I'm doing my job. But I also have the things that that I I love too that are for me. So it's 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 a challenging thing to balance, but in a time like this, it feels on social like almost everything is a win because people are so hungry for connection. So it makes my job actually a lot easier. Um because 
people just want to connect with each other. They want to f- watch something that brings them joy. So yeah. really what we're, so I can give you like a little BHS sneak preview. One of the things that we are looking at is how can we inject new content? How can we, now that we are not in the middle of planning events, how can we leverage that time into just kind of some other areas and the, those rainy day projects that we've been wanting to do, but you just kind of don't have time because you're on the churn of, of events. So it's a unique time at BHS in that everything is a little upside down and we're all still kind of mourning the loss of events. We're still, you know, nervous just like everyone else about what does the future hold and what does that mean? Um, and we certainly don't have the the answer to that. We're trying just like everyone else is trying to figure out, you know, the next the next step. But it's just such a strange, strange time in that some things are easier, some things are harder, and we're still kind of sorting that out. Yeah. I wonder if you could say what was next, right? Like, what do you think, what what direction do you think that that we all should be heading as a way to to connect with each other with music? How do you think, like, how do you personally think we we should do that? For me, I think it's a lot about taking care of the families we've created. So it's, for me, it becomes less about spreading the gospel of barbershop and kind of making sure that we're, you know, we're putting on our oxygen mask (laughs) first a little bit. Um, because it's so easy to, to panic about, well, what if, what if, what if, and you think, well, I am in a quartet. So what are we going to do? How are we going to stay connected? And is part of our next thing, is it about getting together? And is it about doubling down on music? And is it doing things? Or is it, you know what? We're going to be fine. We, we're a distance quartet, so we, we totally can't get together except for online. And that's okay for us mm-hmm. right now because – they, you know, I, my, my work has gotten really busy and that's a just, you know, a, a wonderful distraction. Yay for having a job. And Mo and Amelia, who are the bass clef of my quartet swing theory have launched their, um, Beatles a day project on Facebook where they sing and perform together a Beatles song and put it on Facebook live every single night. And it's amazing. <laughs> and it's amazing and charming and wonderful. Highly recommend. And then um, Jen Cook, who um, sings lead, is a you know is a very established track maker and has been making videos of her own where she's doing rounds and making tracks available without some of the parts so that people can sing with her. And she's amazing, wonderfully giving, and this really generous person. And so they're kind of off doing all of their things, and so. You know, some of it is we're fine. We can go be creative in other outlets. And that's our solution because we know we'll be great and we miss each other and we'll connect. And then for other quartets, I know I was talking with Nate Ogg, who's on staff and is the lead of um, Harmonic Thunder. And he said, we have twice a week a standing happy hour and we just roll in at the same time and we talk about kind of the same stuff or we just hang out or, you know, whatever it is. But we show up, we hang out together, we take the picture and of us all on Zoom in their houses. And that's kind of how they're doing it. 
So I think it's really finding the thing that feels good because it's such an overwhelming time. And sometimes learning eight new songs isn't what feels okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in the same boat, Amy. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, you must have so much time to arrange and meet and, and learn music. And I'm like, I don't really feel like doing any of that right now. Like, I know it'll come back, but, you know, there's other things I can focus on and yeah, like the oxygen mask first. Like that that they're nice to haves, but yeah, like I don't need it right now. Well, right. And so I think really tuning into what's important to you and what's going to really be helpful. I know there were a lot of things that went around about, oh, this is such a productive time and we can do all of these things. <laughs> and some people really 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 love that. Um Donnie is going our yard looks amazing. He's been tackling <laughs> projects like he's a total project person. And it makes him feel great. And I'm, and I'm not, I kind of want to just kind of hunker down a little bit and recharge a little bit and do some low key things that aren't, aren't maybe like massive projects, but like just kind of little things at my own pace. And so that was, so that's the thing I'd probably tell singers is figure out what feels good to you right now. And that may change in a few weeks even. Mm-hmm. Or a few hours. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's different. And so if your chorus is meeting and it just just go. And if that doesn't feed you, that's okay. And they love you and they get it. And maybe, you know, try it at a different time when you're feeling great. So I think relieving us ourselves of the pressure to, I don't know, create um, can sometimes make a little bit more space to actually create. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I was well reading this, uh, this thing that said, uh, sort of in regards to that, it's the, the pressure to try and take advantage of this time and maximize it to its most extent can feel more overwhelming and more stressful than just stepping back and sort of focusing on, on uh, like everything you said, what brings you your joy and how do you honor and respect that in, and not make it make you crazy? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're delicate artists, friends, <laughs> you know, we spend a whole lot of time plumbing the depths of our feelings and sharing them with other people in this musical way where our instrument is our body. And that's so vulnerable. And that's the thing we ask of each other all the time is to be real and be vulnerable. And I don't know about anyone else, but I'm not in a space where that feels enjoyable (laughs) no No, i i mean i agree like right now like if you want to be singing and putting things out there good on you and eventually i will i will be on a few tracks that come out like i've I've picked and i pick and choose and i do a few but like the end of the day it's really about like doing it because it makes you feel good and not because you have to put it on the internet like for me i'm like all right i feel like singing today so yeah i'll do your track Mm -hmm. (laughs) but other days i'm like nope i don't really feel like singing so no, you don't get anything. I'm gonna, <laughs> as I joke with my husband, I'm like, I'm going to stab this thing with a needle a thousand times. I cross-stitch. So. so do I. I've been working on projects. It makes me happy to just keep stabbing. <laughs> so I used to cross-stitch and now I knit. So, you know. It's much more socially acceptable to knit, Rachel. So well done. Wait, it's what is it? 
more practical no more socially acceptable like you can bring knitting out and people are like oh cool you knit like I bring out my cross stitch and they're like are you 80 or (laughs) yes oh yeah it's like oh hi grandma so yeah I I totally identify I am completely born in the wrong time because I've been a you know a barber shopper forever I love to cross stitch like I love vintage dresses if I could live in a mid-century modern house I totally would and so yeah I'm I'm very not of the correct time, I think, sometimes. <laughs> I prefer to say you're timeless. Well, yes, I'm an old soul, I guess is what you're supposed to say. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. But then I also love, like, you know, Instagram. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it makes sense. But, um, but sepia-toned so- Instagram, right? <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> so um, an ongoing challenge I've always seen for you, Amy, is that you're – the audience for barbershop, like, yes, you want to bring in new barbershoppers, new blood, but you also have the other end of the spectrum of these barbershoppers that have been around for 50, 60 plus years. And social media to them is a very different tool than it is to, to 20s and 30 somethings. So how do you balance that in your job of making sure that you are hitting both ends of the spectrum and everything in the middle? Right. And so what my role is interesting because I have a lot of different platforms. So on, you know, so we're not so cutting edge that we're making TikToks every day. And that's a little, you know, outside of, of what we're doing, but we're doing Facebook and Instagram and we're using stories just every once in a while, just because we get crazy. But then on the other end of the spectrum, we are still using email. We are still, we still do a weekly newsletter that I edit where we're, you know, we're in the inbox and trying to post uh, or trying to share in that email every week, a variety of things that kind of catch all the different audiences, I guess you should say. So now I think we've brought most everybody along with email. We still have a few holdouts, but that's okay. But we're so we we try to kind of cover a little bit of a of a range. And it's really personally so gratifying when we're out at an event or in a district or whatever. And I'll have people of very diverse ages come up to me and say, Oh, Livewire. I, I love Livewire. That's our weekly newsletter. And it makes me so happy because it's like, I made that for you. <laughs> yes. I, it is so nice because when you're the content creator, you're like, Okay, I did this work. Send it out into the ether. <laughs> yeah. And it's the, the thing I think ha- that has been the most challenging for me in this job has been how public it feels. Mm. And it was it was really an adjustment because you're once people kind of know it's you, you mm-hmm. you do get you do, you do kind of lose your anonymity where we have yes. some and that happens a little bit for a lot for a lot of the staff. But mm-hmm. I think I, I there are times when I do feel very, very, very exposed as a person. Mm-hmm. And it can be um, it, it's been a, a little bit of a trick to sort that out. Um, and so things like sending out a weekly email newsletter feel very safe and kind of benign. And like, here's this thing I made for you. So sometimes it is nice when it goes away and doesn't come back. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, Facebook is alive and it's alive 24 hours a day. And it's always going and there are, you know, a lot of thoughts and feelings and things happening. So, you know, my goal isn't to be 
controversial and to be like pushing buttons using our, you know, our Facebook page. That's not, we're not provocateurs Mm -hmm. out there, but you never know when something is going to kind of light up um, Mm -hmm. and get really popular or be, you know, kind of provocative. So it's been funny over the years, you know, things that have caught people and have been all of a sudden a hot topic. Now everyone's kind of talking about the same thing all the time. So it's, (laughs) it's, it's a little less um, of a high wire act, but, um, but yeah, so we, we try to catch everybody. We try to mix it up enough and kind of do a little something for everyone. So speaking of hot topics, um, one of the things that's kind of blowing up right now is women in barbershop. Like you said, back in high school, you were like, oh, we didn't even know it existed. But now so many things are happening for women in barbershop right now. So and you have a lot of cross experience. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, too. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a really interesting time to be a woman who sings barbershop to be a woman who works for at the time at you know when I was hired a men's organization and that is now transitioned into being an open to everyone organization it was a really fascinating personal experience for me because I love everything about the BHS mission before and after I do think it's so important for men to have a place to go and gather and be emotional together, just like it's important to have women's spaces. I, I, you know, I don't think there's anyone in our entire building who doesn't agree that there is value in that. And it's really, really important. So it was kind of a fascinating experience just personally to be a part of changing that. Also, at the same time, having all of these overwhelming feelings of I'm going to to get to be a member of this organization that I love so much that has so much meaning for me and that has given me so much. And also I love, I don't, and also I don't want anything to change either. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So it was a really, really powerfully emotional time. And now when I look at it, as now that I've added Harmony Incorporated to my life, because my current quartet is a Harmony Incorporated quartet. So that has been a really cool experience because each of those organizations that I can now participate in has a totally different feel. And so I think for women, there's an interesting opportunity where you can really seek out the experience you want to have. And it can be multiple experiences, too. There's nothing stopping you from being involved in up to all three of the major organizations. Yeah, exactly. So there's a little bit of a, you know, pick your own adventure going on right now, which is cool. And I'm excited that a lot of of women who aren't familiar with the Barbershop Harmony Society previously are kind of just getting to check us out and get to come to an event as a spectator as an attendee, but not be told that they can't participate. I think that's such a a huge shift. And it's so exciting. You know, we would have school groups come and tour Harmony Hall. And it was great. But you get to that moment where you're like, okay, so if any of the guys want to sign up for a free youth membership, you can, Mm, you know, and then we'd always mention um, Harmony Incorporated and Sweet Adelines to the women, but it just felt weird. It felt weird to not be able to just be open to everybody. So I think that now that we can do that, when we're working with kids and we're working with people that are new to us, it's it's just really exciting to um, just be able to say, hey, try it. It might be your thing. 
If it's not, there are these other places that you can go and that might be you know, a great fit for you. If being a part of a women's organization is important to you, here are two that you should totally check out. If that doesn't really matter, then I don't know, you might like BHS. You might like participating in a mixed environment that is different again from the other two. So it's it's a cool it's a cool moment to kind of and and the women who are right now getting involved with the Barbershop Harmony Society get to be the first at things. Yes. Which is it exciting. Is. It's so exciting. Oh my goodness. It yeah. was so exciting at, at midwinter um, where singing double you know, the mm-hmm. realization after they won was that they were going to be the first women with their pictures on the wall at Harmony yeah. Hall. Like that was I and I don't even think people in the room realized it when it happened. They're just like they were fantastic. They won. And then as everybody's leaving and they kind of are like, oh, wait a minute, like it's a big deal that they won. Yeah, yeah our first women champions, which is so thrilling, right. <laughs> so exciting. So now when you look at that wall of our champions, you know, we have uh, just so much more of everything there, you know, and it's it's so exciting. We're starting to look more like the world. I love and that. And we're not yeah. there yet. And we clearly have a long, long, long way to go. But seeing those those early victories and those baby steps is really exciting because it just reminds us, yep, we're doing the thing. This is important and it's it's gonna happen. It's it's starting and we have so much more to do, but it's it's starting and we can feel that. No, I love it. I mean there nothing about the expansion takes away from the all male experience from the all female experience from any of the organizations it just gives people more and it it was super exciting it was super exciting to get my pin and i'm like oh yay now i'm a member of both of the organizations that i really like and that fit me and i mean Mm -hmm. being a member of both doesn't take away from one or the other is is what i've learned right it was a really emotional day i have to tell you when the day that um we opened up membership and it was it was it was just an amazing experience because there is there was definitely a part of me that was feeling like the the that transition and the feeling that i think a lot of people had with okay it's not this anymore Mm. And I don't quite know what the next thing will feel like. And so there's a little bit of that, that tension. And at the same time, I'm for my job reading on Facebook, these amazing, amazing Facebook posts that these women are writing about how they've been singing with their dad their whole life. And now they all get to be a part of the same organization. And just all day long, I was just like crying all day. Mm. It was because it was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and one cool thing that happened was that for all of there were a number of the staff, women on staff who all became members that day. And, um, Marty had a like a ceremony for us. So we had an all staff meeting at lunch and he presented each of us with our certificates and our pins. And I'm I I just get emotional even thinking about it. It was such a moment. I mean, I had actually had Donica like come down to my office and like sit with me while I kind of clicked join (laughs) because it was such a big deal. Yeah. Right. And I didn't think I didn't think that being a member would feel different and it does it It feels 
totally different. Well, Amy, we are running out of time, but we really appreciate you coming and we're really looking forward to seeing how BHS and and Harmony Inc. and all of the barbershop community kind of takes advantage of of this time that we have to treat singing a little differently, but we're still a community. So we're excited to see what's coming from you all. And hopefully I get to see you in person again when we have another convention. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We're we're all very much missing seeing all of our our wonderful f- friends and especially um, in at my house uh, mourning the uh, cancellation of Harmony University when not only do we see all of our friends, but they all come to Nashville and yeah. we get to kind of create a week-long deep dive immersion into all things barbershop. So we so appreciate everyone who cares so much and we just encourage everyone to find the way to stay connected that feels good and we're here and we love you and we miss you and uh, we will we will continue to be here supporting you and supporting barbershop singing thank you so much amy oh thank you guys we'll see you next tuesday see you next tuesday